Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Romans Empire podcast. And I mean, this week we're going to talk all things Chelsea, but I think first things first, Sam, welcome back to the show. Post bar, Sam, should I say. You can't make the show all about me, Zach. Come on. No, I'm... well, we're about to, man. This is a big deal. So, <laughs> I mean, you had to miss you had to miss a whole week of recording. Yeah, I'm, because I'm, apparently I miss... this exam is more important than the show. I missed recording. I missed. I missed the match. I couldn't wake up at four thirty, and I didn't really have time to like go back and rewatch it. Like I literally, it's a two day exam, and I literally just finished today. So my brain is absolutely fried. So if I sound like a zombie at any point uh, during the show, it's because I've had like eight hours of sleep combined in the past three days. So yeah, I mean, it, it was just because like. I hate, like, the night before, like, a big exam or something, like, it's like, okay, I gotta wake up early and blah, 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 and get, you know, prepare in the morning, and all you can think about is, okay, I have to go to sleep now, or else I'll only have, like, X amount of hours of sleep before I wake up, and that's all you can think about, and you just are awake for, like, three, four, or five hours, and it's like, you look at the clock, and it's, like, two in the morning, it's like, bro... I'm gonna get like two hours of sleep tonight. Just so nervous, but yeah, it went went okay. It went well. Didn't I won't know for a couple months, so I'll keep you guys posted. But uh, I didn't do as well as Chelsea did against Crystal Palace. That's for sure. Well, I mean, I guess this is a good Wait, time to kind of bring no. Andres into here. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say. Let's, yeah, let's talk about well, Andres before I mean, we go. Well, I'm just gonna kind of caveat. <laughs> I'm here too, guys. I'm gonna caveat Andres's introduction on the show today with. If he sounds a little extra excited today, it's because FIFA came out. Is that right, Andres? Hey. You have the Ultimate Edition? I mean, it's true. I didn't get the Ultimate Edition, but we're just days closer. I still have a few hours left of oh, my 10-hour trial. Oh, man. But, Sam, I just – I know you're tired, but I don't think our buddy and listener Russell Saunders is going to give you a break because you just said like – like 50 times he is gonna <laughs> eat you alive on twitter bud yeah and we're only but two I'm minutes well, man. we're also two minutes in so he definitely will listen to it at least the, up to that point because he doesn't <laughs> listen to anything past five minutes of our podcast really? so. yeah. exactly <laughs> exactly but hey palace i mean we beat palace for nothing the astros are two and oh up on the a's lakers are up i just i'm just loving i'm loving life get to be the villain in both baseball and world football so i'm liking football? where i'm standing oh okay yeah i'm sorry yeah world football yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay cool i talk about the broncos for a second but uh oh no we, we don't want to talk about that right now <laughs> all right let, let's get into the crystal palace matchup so chelsea four crystal palace nil starting 11 we ran with the four two three one again that's looking like that's going to be our formation of choice this season and i I couldn't be more happy with it, to be honest. Mendy and goal. Back line of Aspie, Silva, Zuma, and Chilwell. And Golo Conte, Jorginho in the midfield. Then uh, front three of Cho, Havertz, Werner, and the striker, Tammy Abraham. Um, I like the formation. Uh, we saw a little bit of it. Um, what was that? It was the EFL matchup uh, against, what was it, Barnsley? And, yeah. you know, the, saw Tammy... Uh, as striker with Havertz at the 10, Werner out wide. Uh, we saw it again in the next match where it didn't look as good. Uh, but, I mean, 
again, okay, I, I'll I'll be straight up, right? <laughs> I didn't watch this match. I I couldn't, so I'm gonna have to ask you guys, how, how did you guys think of them in comparison to that? You know, the first match, seeing them together with Tammy as striker, Werner out wide, Havertz at the ten, uh, compared to the next match. What, what was that match after Barnsley? I'm I'm like. Totally blank. Well, after right Barnsley now. was was Palace, I think. West or, Brom. Yeah, yeah, West Brom. Yeah. West Brom. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that was the match where it didn't look as good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Zach, I'll start off with you. What did you think of the overall formation? General thoughts about the match? Um, I'm I'm actually curious um, to see what we do with Tebow moving forward. Um, in terms of our attack on the game, we'll, we're going to get into it a little later. But I thought the second half was pretty much flawless in terms of the attack. Um, but it just seems like he kind of struggles to get into the game at times on the left-hand side. Um, but with that being said, you know, you do run into a problem because Tammy is in decent form. So you kind of have to play both of those guys. Um, now Timo's not one to do the defensive work. So in a match like this, it did kind of make sense because we were going to have a lot of the ball. He wouldn't have had to do as much tracking. Um, but for right now, at least, I really don't have a problem with this because I think Frank is just kind of playing one. He's playing the guys that are healthy. He He's also playing our best players, um, but he's he's playing the guys that are in form. Tammy's had a couple of good games. It's 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 really hard. It, it, it would it would have been really harsh to drop him for this one. So I, I didn't really have an issue with it. Yeah, the starting 11 was going to pick itself. I mean, for once, we didn't see any big surprises. I mean, Mount getting a break, which he more than deserved, is the only shocking, you know, name that's not in the starting 11. But that front four, that's the best you've got right now. It, it, that That's it. You, you can't do anything else. You're not going to stick Tammy out wide. If you don't have Werner there, then you have Mount out wide, and we've seen the difference between playing Mount in the middle versus playing him out wide recently. I think that this 11 literally picked itself, aside from Reese James and Mount, who are probably both rested. And I think that Werner can play out wide, but I'm curious what you guys think. Like, I said like again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> do you think that he likes playing out wide? I feel like his play style is more suited for a striker, and it's just because he's quick that he gets played out wide. But I don't know. I agree. Yeah. What, what Andreas? What, what did you think? What do you think? Like his feeling is about playing oh, wide. I know. No, he's he's, he's a team player. player. He's not gonna he's not gonna make a big fuss. He, I'm I'm pretty sure Lampard at one point or another told him like, yeah, I'm gonna play you off of a central striker here and there. And I think he understands the situation we're in. Uh, he fully knows that Polisic's not healthy. Ziyech is not healthy. So he's just doing what it takes for the team. But I think we're completely shackling Werner by playing him out wide. Mm -hmm. His most dangerous positions are when he gets into the box. And right now, being a winger and the way we play specifically with wingers, yeah, he's doing, he's doing the work for others, which... Again, that's why he, people are freaking out. Oh, he's not scoring. But if Werner doesn't do what he does, uh, Chilwell doesn't get into the certain spaces that he got into in this match. So I think he's being extremely team-oriented by playing there right now. But individually speaking, we're not going to see the best of Werner until we play him on top, uh, up top. So once everybody's healthy, 
I can argue that the reason Tammy's on form versus Werner is that Tammy's playing at the nine while Werner's playing out of position. Yeah. I think you put you put Werner up top and, and we're saying, oh, Werner needs to start up top week in, week out because he's had like, what, one game where he played up top where everybody else played where they're supposed to. So, yeah, it's only a matter of time. I think that he's he's done well with what he's been asked to do. But I most definitely think you want him running on the back shoulder of two center backs or whatever the other team is lined up with. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think for now we're not – we haven't seen the real Werner, but I also don't think that he's performed poorly. I'm not I'm not completely against him playing out wide, in, especially against weaker opponents um, where we're going to see a lot of the ball and, you know, he won't be asked to do too much defensive work. But, Andres, you kind of – you hit a really good point. The fact that Werner's playing off the left-hand side um, basically makes him an inside forward, and that opens up the whole left flank for Ben Chilwell to just kind of do his thing. And it looks like, in terms of our attack, we, we're not really deviating too much from what we did last year, where our focal point was the left-hand side of attack. Um, you know, we'd have Alonso overlapping and Pulisic tucking inside, and then, you know, Tammy finding the spaces um, in between the lines. Now, for now... I think this works, and I think having a, a player of Werner's quality, someone that could be that versatile and play across the front three, yeah, we, we do need to play him there. Um, but ultimately, his best position is at the number nine, and I think we could all agree on that. But I think part of the reason why we're maybe not seeing the best of Werner yet, um, in at least in that left position and uh, that left wing position, is because he hasn't really gotten up and running yet. You know, he's hasn't really scored too many goals. Um, you know, he, he got his against one. Yeah. He's only scored one. So he's missing chances. And I think that's what I'm trying to get at here is, you know, he's getting himself into good positions where he probably should be putting them away. Maybe it's that he's not quite in rhythm yet. I think he needs to see a couple more go in before he really gets, before he really gets up and running because we all know Timo Werner puts up numbers and it's just a matter of time before he does that. So I think maybe playing him at the nine, a couple matches, and then him getting in form and kind of more comfortable with the system, more comfortable with the team and the league, then you might be able to play him outside on the left. Now, that's in a perfect world, but Andres, you alluded to it. We just haven't been able to do that because of injuries, and unfortunately, that's caused him to play out wide. Yeah, no, and and I want to just bring it up. I don't think he is getting himself in positions to shoot. He only took one shot in this game, and that's my thing. I think he... Because usually our left winger is Pulisic, who gets the ball to his feet mostly and does mm-hmm. the work with the ball at his feet. Yeah. That's not, you know, Ter- Werner wants to get into the space without the ball, receive it, and then finish it. And I that's think, where speed shines through. Yeah. So I think that's the big difference between our left wingers that we have yeah. right now. Pulisic should be back after the break. You put Werner up top, and then they can switch places, inner, you know, combine. Add Havertz to the mix, and that's where we'll see the true team of Werner. He mm-hmm. he's having to play somebody else's role, yeah, with his skill set. That yeah. that's what's going on. Yeah, and I think I think we're going to see it before we move on to the next point because I know we got a lot to talk about. But I think we're mm-hmm. going to see it a lot this season, especially when we're at full strength. I don't think Frank is necessarily trying to go, and he's alluded to this where he's not committing to one specific system or one specific style of play. I think he wants that three behind the striker to be pretty interchangeable for the most part. And I think that's part of the reason why he has Kai Havertz playing the 10. So now if you plug in Pulisic on the left-hand side, 
and you could even put Werner up top at the nine, and you got any combination of Havertz and Ziyech um, playing in behind with Pulisic, all of a sudden you have this positionless system where all four guys could interchange all of a sudden, and they could all kind of step in and deputize for each other, and it, it'll just make us that much more appetizing offensively. But it's just a matter of us getting healthy again before we really start to see what the vision is for the season. I think it's a little early to kind of say, you know, this is the way we're going to play, and, and that's just kind of how it's mm -hmm. going to be. Um, I think we've seen some things, but ultimately we got to get back to full strength because we're still missing our best attacker from last season. So time will tell. And also we're missing probably our most creative player too in Ziyech, but um, the former, Mr. Uh, Cap 10 America, number, our number 10, made his debut. 83rd minute we got to see him, uh, there, uh, as well as Kova coming in for N'Golo Kante. But um, yeah, it's been it was really nice to hear that uh, he's back at least you know getting some real life playing time. So uh, you know what do you what do you expect to see from from Pulisic? Like I mean, when we come back our first match back, you think he'll be starting? I doubt it. I, I actually I think he will because apparently Timo Werner has flu-like symptoms right oh, now. Right. So oh, yeah, I forgot about that. So yeah. if that's the case, Pulisic is chilling right now in London, training and getting his full fitness. When we come back, there might be a situation where Tammy's up top, Pulisic's on the left, Kai's in the middle, and and Cho's on the right. So yeah. yeah, to me, there's a good chance he starts. And honestly, his first touch in this game just brought me to tears, man. I'm so happy he's <laughs> at least back on the pitch, really? even if it's part time. You know, you it was. Yeah, I'm it. so excited. You know, we talked about it last season when the transfer happened, and you know, he made his first appearance. Even when he scored his first goal, his first hat trick, this was a little bit different because he's wearing a number ten. It was. I it, still it, haven't seen it yet. It looked oh so sick. Fucking crazy, man! It is. It is so surreal to see. All right. When we're done recording, or later tonight, I'll. I need to rewatch the second half because the first half was <laughs> was completely different from the second half, from what I hear. Right. Yeah, yeah. Congrats. By the way, our next not much was happening. our next match is in ten days. Uh, so I mean, if you know the you know the president of the United States gets coronavirus and he's back in the you know back in the White House only after three days, Timo <laughs> Werner, you know, I think I think he'll be fine. Ten days, so uh, that's just from uh, Doctor Sam Esquire. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, can you tell I'm like half asleep right now, I'm making political? You know what, man? <laughs> you you deserve it. Just, just keep, keep going right. at it. All right. Well, let's let, let's get into uh, since Andreas is the one who wrote our script for today, we're going into the bad good uh, formation. That's not the word, but uh, format. So we'll Structure. start off with the bad, and it really wasn't much bad to talk about. So, instead, I'll just ask some questions about our team right now. Uh, is this our best back four? Uh, again, it's Aspie, Silva, Zuma, and Chilwell. Uh, Andreas, I'll start off with you. What do you think about this being our best back four? Let's say ba best back five, also including Mendy and goal. Including Mendy? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm going to argue that for the first... I'm going to say for the first half of the season, this may be it. I think that 
defensively, this is the best we've looked all season. I know it's Crystal Palace, but when Aspie is a little bit more conservative than than Reese James, and also a little bit more maybe defensively, he's way better defensively. His defensive IQ is a little bit higher. I think tie that up with the fact that he can speak French with Thiago Silva, and that's an extra vocal leader on the pitch. I think there's a good argument that this is our best back four right now. Mm. I don't think this is going to be our best back four at the end of the season, though, because I fully expect this to be our transit, our finally our transition year between Aspie and Reese. Not because Aspie's been garbage, but just because of the ceiling that I believe Reese James can hit. And if you play this back four, and if you want to get super defensive, you can always play Reese James next to N'Golo Conte in a double pivot. So. I want to argue that, yes, this is our best back four, and potentially we'll see this more than, than other combinations, at least for the recent future. Yeah, this this has to be our best back four right now, defensively speaking. Um, I think, ultimately, like Andres said, it's it's, it's going to be Reese James as our right back moving forward, and I, 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 you know, I think this year might be the year where we see that transition, but at the same time, I won't be surprised to see Aspie get at least 20, 25 league appearances um, with the amount of games that we have, you know, Champions League and being in four-cup competitions or three-cup competitions now. Um, but yeah, for right now, this definitely is our best back four. It was just it was just really nice to watch a Chelsea match for the first time probably since the Conte era where I didn't completely shit myself because of some defensive miscue. Um, it, it was very solid throughout, and I think, you know, it was it was good on Frank to put out a very experienced back four in the sense of starting Aspi and Tiago together to get our first clean sheet. It it just makes a lot of sense. And then he's Tiago is so timeless, dude. The guy's like what thirty six, thirty seven, and he looks like he's in perfect shape. Again, Palace didn't do much in this match. I I don't think they four, crossed four shots, like, zero on target. I mean, yeah. but look, it's I a mean, task. Mendy, Mendy task literally, Mendy literally had zero saves. Yeah. <laughs> Mendy literally a, had to make zero sheet. saves. <laughs> if Keppa yeah. was in there, we would have conceded one way or another. I don't know how. Yeah, but Keppa also but... still would have had zero saves. <laughs> but with, with, with letting in a goal. <laughs> but with a conceded goal. <laughs> That's awful. Uh, but... No, but he's he's so calm, man. Like he's He looks young. He looks fit. I mean, he played a full 90. I fully expect him to play a full 90. Again, I, I don't see – like, th- this reminds me a lot of, of John Terry whenever I think Benitez was like, oh, he can't do it every single minute. And then the very next season, he played every, every single, single Premier League mi- yeah. minute. And I think Thiago also has a chip on his shoulder because up until the Champions League final, PSG told him he was excess. They're like, no, nah, sorry, no no contract. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think he's he just has that individual chip on his shoulder – Add to it that he technically is the most, I don't know, just standout leader and has the, the highest football pedigree on the squad. He has to be putting in these performances. So once his English gets better, man, I, this this back line sh- should be pretty nice. That quote uh, from Frank earlier earlier today or from yesterday, that was uh, – he was talking about Silva and Zuma, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll, all right. We'll 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 get it more into that. But clearly, Frank likes the pairing a lot. Um, and also we'll get into more about the the tr- the transfer deadline day and how 
you know, no moves were made with Zuma. I mean, and uh, or Tamori. Yeah, yeah. So. You mean Rudiger? Yeah, I don't know why I said Zuma. Rudiger. And uh, <laughs> I'm telling you. I knew I got the name wrong and I just left it anyway. But, uh, wow, I didn't. I now also just realized that you asked about Werner uh, playing out wide, and I just thought of that question myself. So, kudos to oh, me. Yeah. <laughs> and to the second question. Um, <laughs> will we see a complete 90 minute performance from uh, Chelsea? Or will it always be a tale of two halves? It's coming. <laughs> it's coming. I mean, what. I think. Yeah, go for it, Zach. Well, I I alluded to it earlier. You know, players start coming back when we're at full strength. Um, the amount of competition in pretty much every position on the pitch except left back um, and goalkeeper. There's there's I, I, it's coming, but it's a work in progress. And, and you know, Ben Chilwell touched on it after the match as well. And, you know, he was really happy about their performance and everything, but he alluded to the fact that, hey, you know, there still, there was no preseason. Um, you know, some guys were coming off of injuries from last year. It, it, it's it's going to take some time. There's going to be a betting in process. And we're starting to see that. You know, we've shown cracks, and I think we've done really well to cover them. Um, you know, the first two matches, our big issue was our defense. And now all of a sudden we're able to bring in guys like Thiago Silva and Mendy into the equation potentially problem solved um now with the attack you know we weren't scoring too many goals prior to palace but we got pulisic coming back we got ziesh coming back now we literally have two players for all of our front four positions we got depth in midfield i mean it's inconceivable to think that the team wouldn't be capable of it um but it's just a matter of time so i mean are you as optimistic as i am andres is that why you were so hasty to jump in on this one yeah, no, no, I am. I am. I, I think that, you know, as much as I would love to to switch to the system that I think we would succeed in more, I think that Frank is going to stick to the four two three one. mix that with just just sticking to that formation for now. And like you said, more time for these guys to gel, more time for the, the injured players to come back. Technically, I, I consider these first three Premier League matches – and two Carabao Cup matches are preseason. I think that past this international break is where we can really get critical because these guys now have had five matches. They've had plenty, six if you count the Brighton friendly. Mm-hmm. At this point, we shouldn't be having the same kind of questions we had after that Brighton match or even the Liverpool match. So I think our, our preseason has officially ended. And I think that the 90, that 90 minute performance will come within the next three matches. I fully expect the the back four to to find a little bit of shape. Hopefully by then Frank figures out what to do with our midfield because I think that's the one question that remains in this in this uh, team. I think our attack is pretty settled. I think our defense is pretty settled. I just don't know about the midfield. So I think we're almost there, but I still think we're about maybe sixty percent of of seeing our our full potential and and how we'll be how we'll be playing by the way did you say uh care about cup like upcoming care about cup games because no no, no I, the, previous the previous care about cup okay, games. Cool. Yeah, got it. yes yes, yes. <laughs> I, I told I, I blocked that out of my memory as well so don't worry um <laughs> so let's move on we got a question from at quad whoa 
second time first question. time question um, second, oh second time I wasn't bet. yeah he was on last week and shout he, out to Quadro shout out shout to out, Qu- shout out to Quadro for t- tweeting at us like two three days ago out of where's, nowhere where's so, Quad where's Quadro from again from Ghana. Ghana shout out Ghana and he said uh, when's the new episode coming out uh, for fuck's sake <laughs> and I mean that seeing that people actually are like mad that we delay uh an episode is actually very encouraging you know yeah it is i take that in i take that in a good way it's like wow people actually care it's Uh, sam's fault it's sam's fault doesn't care about you dr sam esquire (laughs) yeah so uh i didn't even read the question yet how do you guys see our transition from defense to attack because personally he thinks it's very bad uh, sorry, Andreas. I'll start off with you. I keep on forgetting. I mean, I mean it. It is. I, I'm not gonna lie. It's. I. I think that. Again, we'll we'll get to to the specifics of our midfield and, and perhaps Jorginho in a little bit. But Palace didn't try to do much, which played into our hand, which made our second half look better. But in this, in the first half, we did nothing, and I still think. Frank wishes the board would have kind of helped him out a little bit more and gotten him a natural DM just to find that balance, just somebody to push the ball forward. We're going to have to find a solution now within the team. But, yeah, it feels like we are we get started very slow. And then when, you know, the halftime talk may come is when the guys kind of kick it into next year. I mean, we started really slow against West Brom, had to have a halftime talk, came back better. Same thing here. So, yeah, I mean – Sometimes our attack has flashes of brilliance, but it doesn't have that sort of consistent pounding towards working towards the the goal. Like it doesn't seem like we're we're just battering them for ninety minutes. It's more of maybe thirty minute spell where we really shine. And, and I agree with him. Right now, I feel that that's like I mentioned earlier. I think that's our one glaring weakness on this eleven. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to agree with Quadwell. I think, I, I think it hasn't been great. Um, again, there is a betting in process still and, and, and the best is yet to come, but I know saying that is, is, is not much. Um, I, th- I think the thing is, especially with our guys, it's the lack of consistency with the choices that are, you know, the guys in the midfield, the fullbacks, the wingers, even the strikers, they're all interchangeable. We haven't seen consistent lineups until the last two or three matches. And little by little, I think we're starting to gain our footing there. So I don't think it's long before we really start to just shit on teams from minute one to 90. <laughs> um, it, it, honestly, it's not that far away. And I, I think what we want to see is us go against a really tightly packed deep lying defense and just kind of chip away for 15, 20 minutes in the beginning of a half and get that breakthrough goal and then get another one right after and just kind of turn teams over left and right. Mm-hmm. It's going to take time. You, it's going to take time. You know time. who's going to make this work? Here's my season's hottest take is, is Billy Gilmore. Oh, I knew, I knew that matches. name was coming up. Nobody pushed the ball forward as much as Billy Gilmore did. He was, the reason we beat Liverpool and the reason we went on that hot streak right before, you know, Corona hit and, you know, we, we're going to get into our transfers out, but now more than ever, Billy Gilmore is going to be very important to this team. And we are yet to find a consistent partner 
to Conte with our healthy options. So just keep that in mind. Andres, I would have called Billy you Gilmore. I would have called you crazy, but then again, we loaned out RLC and Ross Barkley, so Billy Gilmore yeah. has to get into the team at some point. I think that's a really interesting thing to keep an eye on. For sure. No, and and see like what I what what's really frustrated me to start off the season is like our inability to make more than three consecutive passes in a row. Uh, just when, when we have N'Golo Conte and Jorginho out there, uh, I mean, I think it's so much better to have Conte and Kovacic uh, out there for the same reason that you were talking about uh, having Billy Gilmore out there, being able to bring the ball up the pitch. But, like, I don't know. I mean, to be honest, Jorginho has started to, to win me over uh, from how I felt about him towards the end of last season um but still it, 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 you have to take everything that you've said both of you said into consideration as far as like uh, us not having everyone available and just what what we see right now not being the actual like end product that we expect uh, when we have a full squad but um let's move on to the good um, first off, we'll start off with Mr. Chilwell. What what is his official nickname? Chili Chili, Chili. B, Chili B. I love Ch- it. Chili B. Luke Adam had a Luke Adam had a really interesting nickname for him. So yeah, I well, think uh, I'll, I'll get I'll, I'll get into that in a second. But let's run through his stats real quick because that one hurt, that that one hurts a lot. But I actually <laughs> really like it. Um, Chilwell, his this is a Premier League debut for Chelsea. And what a debut it was. A goal, an assist, 64 accurate passes, good for 83% completion. Three key passes. He was fouled twice. Three interceptions. One recovery. Um, doing everything that we expected him to do. It was, uh, from, from the highlights that I saw, he looked fantastic. And I re- in, in, the, in the preseason episode, when we ranked our top signings, I put Chilwell number one, and I do not regret it. He, he, I think he was. <laughs> I was really excited about him coming in, and I thought that he, he, just like, when you think about what we've had at left back for the last season, what he brings. Well, not, not considering the, the fact that Dave. Left. Yeah, we're not considering Dave. Yeah, not yeah, not 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 considering Dave playing out of position there. To have someone like Chilwell, that is, uh, both a goal scoring threat and very solid defensively, and so calm, like like with the on the ball. I mean, I don't know if you guys saw that clip. I mean, you saw it live probably, but uh, you know, he had the ball in his own like half like in the corner and dribble the ball around like three defense or three crystal palace players like that was that that's something that you love to see and i i think after this match it must become official because with the departure of ross barkley the barkley bus has got to take a detour um and barkley bus to birmingham and luke adam one of our good friends and someone who uh, are, I think you guys will become more familiar with pretty soon uh, after seeing our, our new changes. We'll be mentioning him at the yeah. We'll be mentioning him at the end. He of the episode, suggested yeah. he suggested that I replace the Barkley bus 
with the chili train. And I think he's right, dude. I think it's official. It's catchy. I'm officially the conductor <laughs> of the chili train. Choo choo! There it is. Sam, you just redeemed yourself. Look, man. You just redeemed yourself. It took me so long to find that the perfect (laughs) sound clip. Sam, you deserve the chili train, dude, because you're right. You were the one guy that rated Chilwell super high in the transfers. And I mean, he just looked so good. It it's it's weird because the last half of the season for Lester was so poor from him. But we have to remember that since December, Lampard's been pretty vocal about the fact that Chilwell was his guy. So you wonder, you know, you see this a lot in American sports because of the way sports work here, where like the college athlete then has to graduate to the pros. And then if you're a senior in a poor team, you kind of slack off. I, I'm starting to think that that's what Ben Chilwell was doing, fully knowing that his future was no longer at Leicester. He wasn't going to you know, kind of give his all. And it is, it doesn't sound professional, but I mean, he looked so good down the left. He, he was easily, I'm pretty sure he was the man of the match across the board, unless you go on like a website, like who scored just because Jorginho had two goals. Cause Chilo did not put a foot wrong the whole night, the whole night. This is why Ashley Cole has been talking about him. Why? It just all it all came to kind of fruition in just one ninety minute performance. And that goal, I mean, I I I forget who was going for it. I think, Werner. yeah, Werner was going for it, and he called him off. You can hear him scream. It's like, I got it, I got it, and he just rocketed the ball. Uh, that so was put your good. foot through it. Perfect. Nothing could go wrong from I mean, right there. Yeah, nothing could go wrong. I I think it's just nice to have a left back, um, a natural left back in the side. I'm not gonna like jump the gun and you know say he's world class and this and that, but um, a couple more performances like this, Sam and I might have to hop on board the chili train. I might be scooping coal straight into the straight into the engine. I'll punch your ticket, bro. Come, hop on. It. Let's do it. But but I need to see a couple more performances. That's the thing. So consistency is key. I think in a match like this where it was very shit house at times in terms of how we got our goals. I mean, two pens. A, a set piece and a scramble in the box right place right time i can't complain what i was more impressed with Sam, you touched on it is his calmness on the ball i think that's something that frank was looking for somebody that didn't necessarily panic um but someone that knew someone that knows what to do with the ball when they receive it i think alonzo looked like a deer in the headlights mm-hmm. whenever he would get the ball out wide and somebody wouldn't be making a run down line if somebody's not making a run down line with alonzo it's, it's pretty much game over we're giving the ball away with Ben Chilwell, I think there's that calming aspect of, of knowing what to do and being more assured of his position because that is what he's naturally supposed to be playing. So a couple more performances, and then and then you might see me hop on board. And he's not just a natural left back. He's also a natural modern left back. With the way the game is played today, yeah. he, that, that's exactly his play style. And he has a good balance uh, of attack and defense, yeah. So... <laughs> Hey, people were questioning questioning the price tag, but I mean, so I think far the thing, it's looked really good. I, to be fair to him, I think the reason why I was maybe questioning his price tag is because it's a lot. <laughs> it, it, I mean, I mean, for one, yeah, it was the most expensive left back on the market. Um, and it was the most the expensive le- fullback ever. Ever, yeah. There you go. So 
in, in in COVID too. It just kind of tells you everything you need to know. But I think the reason why I was kind of skeptical mean, at first was because he's not necessarily a world beater at anything in particular. But he's I, I think what we saw in this performance is is he's just very well rounded. Like he doesn't have any clear weaknesses in his game. And he's not a lead at anything yet, from what I've seen. But just the fact that there's no weaknesses in the age he's at. You know, Andres, you talk about the ceiling with Reese James. The ceiling with him is it looks to be pretty high based on, you know, the first ninety minutes for Chelsea. I might be jumping the gun here, but from what I saw, it looks like there we we have quite a player that might be worth the money. I don't and and, and I just want to say he's he's not he's the third most expensive left back. Uh, uh, Benjamin Mendy was still more money, and technically Lucas Hernandez right. is kind of a oh, hybrid left. Okay, back. yeah, pr- primarily so his original, primarily his original, yeah, his original price tag would have beaten uh, Benjamin Mendy's for Man City. Mm-hmm. So he's like oh, just right. shy oh, of Mendy. Okay, uh, maybe for a left back. All right. Well, uh, anyway, the well, let's let's move on to Jorginho, but. Zach, real quick, like just to touch on what you said, I think it's it's it was justified to be skeptical with the price tag. I mean, yeah, it, it, I think yeah. that that's fine. Uh-huh. Uh, George Jorginho, let's talk about him a little bit. I mentioned him earlier about him kind of winning me over again. Uh, his performance was more about his passing, limited passes backwards, constantly pushing the ball forward, full field switches, so just doing all the things that he's supposed to do. Uh, and <laughs> and uh, he scored two goals two penalties very very bruno-esque may i add um he might he might have copied him <laughs> <laughs> uh and shout out to ian wright for uh for uh <laughs> for giving Jorginho his credit for doing it first okay uh and i saw there's a clip of him specifically saying, uh, whoever was caught co- I, I, it was ian, I, I, ian wright you know he he may be yeah. you know and he, he used to play for crystal palace too so you know he he might have been a little. He might have a little been a little biased, but still, he could. He he was able Called to see it. that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sixty-eight pa- total passes, ninety-two percent completion rate, eight accurate long balls, three interceptions, six recoveries. Was I'll start off with you, Andres. Was Jorginho's match performance a turn in the tide, or more of a situational thing, given our injuries? Well. I mean, first off, he played fantastic. So I'll start there. For this 90-minute match, he was on another level. I I usually complain about his long passes always being a yard or two short, which slows down the players that he's trying to hit with the ball. But, yeah, he was spraying passes left and right, quick decisions. I, I do think, again, Palace didn't come out to do much. And I know you can only talk about a performance with what is in front of you and and good on him for dropping a nine out of 10 performance, like maybe 9.5, but it may come to our advantage to have him and not having sold him for matches like this where teams want to drop back because at this point, again, in our squad, we don't have a player to play next to Conte or even Kovacic that can do something like this. So while he's no Cesc Fabregas, He's a pretty good option that can do something similar. So as long as we're not playing Jorginho against a team like City or Liverpool or, I don't know, even United who are trying to smother him in midfield, he is going to be a very valuable asset. So 
Yeah, I thought, again, if Chilwell doesn't play this match, Jorginho is far and away the man of the match, yeah. with or without the goals. I, th- I think Jorginho will be useful in Europe, too, um, because the games are a little less physical and more of a chess match, mm-hmm. and he that that's right up his alley. He's perfect for those. I just think Jorginho is a very nice person to have in the squad. I mean, I've never been down on him as a player. I've always said that, you know, there is a player in there, um, we just got to put them in the right situations. I think last season, it, it wasn't a fair reflection of what he's actually capable of. I think last season highlighted more of what he's incapable of. And now that we're in a team that seems to be a little bit more coherent in an attacking sense, it, it, it does make sense that we kept him. Um, but yeah, no, it was a great performance from him. I, I think we're going to see him a lot in the league. Um and I think we're going to see more performances like this, where he just kind of runs a show against the deep-lying defense. Now, the key for him, and Andres mentioned it, is is the passing. He wasn't passing sideways, and that was the big difference. In the first half, it was a little slow. I think in the first half, we were really slow to get the ball to the wings. And when the second half started, Jorginho's first pass was out wide. So, you know, it great performance overall, and... You know, good on him for getting the two penalties. I would have liked Tammy to get the second one, though. Would have been nice for fantasy. Well, let's talk about that real quick, uh, about the situation with the second penalty. Um, Havertz won it, and um, Tammy went for the ball. Um, and you can see Werner <laughs> wanting to take it. a question about that. Yeah, uh, was, is, I, I couldn't see it on the script. Where is, is it? Yeah, so Michael Conan just asked what we thought about the there it is. Okay. Aspie interaction. Oh, I'm so stupid. All right, well, let's just talk about it right now, yeah. Um, so Tammy won the first – the uh, what was it? No, Tammy won the first or second one? The first penalty. Yeah, he won the first one. The first one. penalty. Uh, then uh, after Havertz won the second one, he takes the ball, walks to the spot. First, uh, Werner comes – and he kind of brushes them off. Tammy brushes them off. Then uh, <laughs> Aspie comes over, takes the ball off Tammy, kind of has a little back and forth with him, hands it to Jorginho. Uh, that's clearly Frank's penalty preference. I mean, he's he's definitely the best penalty taker now uh, on our team. That William is gone, <laughs> but uh, it, it was it was an interesting interaction. My, Michael at Michael Conan, uh, he asks about it after the match. Uh, what we thought about the interaction. I, I responded to him on Twitter, but I'll I'll say it again. I, I thought it was a non-issue. It was nice to see. Uh, and I think that a lot of people, and I've mentioned it before, kind of are get annoyed with Tammy and his, you know, throwing his hands up in the air and kind of like, he, 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 he does show his emotions a little too much. And that's something that I think with time he will learn to control but he's a striker for god's sakes like you gotta you gotta give him some slack for wanting you know like you got you gotta be happy you with, want your striker yeah, asking for that you, you i gotta think that's be happy what everyone's that. missing yeah for sure like everybody's just... completely missing that point but i think the bigger point here is the aspie came over and took the ball off of him it's 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 it is a non-issue mm-hmm. it's it's what a captain should be doing no, you're not the designated PK taker. Frank wants Jorginho taking the pen. Jorginho's going to take the pen. 
you're either you know even it, though it, tammy did have a fair claim to take it like uh, it's not it's not like an outrageous ask for him to want to take no, it no no but, but it's not it, it's not but, but it was but still you, the right decision i think by asp is a reflection of frank on the pitch so whatever ideas frank wants to get across it's asp's responsibility to make sure that they get communicated and that's just a situation where no i you know like i get it we're three nil up you want to take the pen you're the striker but Jorginho's our our, our pk taker that's it I don't know what you guys are talking about. This obviously means that nobody likes each other in the locker room. <laughs> Our guys don't want to play with each other. And they hate each other's presence. Obviously, mm-hmm. that's what this means. Mm-hmm. I don't see any other way. You guys are just trying to twist it into something positive. <laughs> the sun said it best. These guys hate each other. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. The sun. I, obviously, it's not a big deal. <laughs> the sun, yeah. No, the it was just a, it was a little bit annoying. Like you said, we know Tammy's going to show his emotion. And after Aspie took the ball, yes, he stood to the side, but he was, like, nodding no the whole time. Like, I can't believe this. It's like, dude, I get it. Your birthday's this weekend. Like, was that – like, was this week? Like, <laughs> whatever. You you missed a header. You probably could have scored a goal in this game. But it's the third match of the season. Like, last – if anything, Tammy should know, you don't want to, you know, shine bright early and then fade away because guess what? That's what he did last season. Maybe a little bit more consistent will be good for him. And the goals are going to come. We alluded to it earlier. Things are starting to click a little bit. The good feeling feeling is back at the bridge. It's just a matter of time. And and you know better at this point, guys. Like, it's it's a known thing. Unless, Unless a player is on a hat trick and that penalty gives you the hat trick, it's always going to be the designated penalty taker. Frank was our designated penalty taker when he was here, and I highly doubt anyone was ever like, "Oh well, I haven't scored in a while." Frank, can I can I have it? Like he's like, "No, that's not how it works." I did see so, a clip of Drogba taking the ball from Frank for a penalty. I don't know what game it was and what the circumstances were, but you know, it was just funny to see like you know Frank had been through that personally, but um. You know this Tammy thing has got me thinking. I don't know if you guys you guys have seen Ted Lasso, right? Yeah. No, I I, I don't I have, have Apple not. TV. Yeah. Have you seen it, Andres? Uh, uh-uh, I have not. Oh my gosh. I, I think if some some of our listeners have listened to it, I highly recommend it. But maybe maybe uh if you, Tammy is having you know a little bit of a Jamie Tart situation when you watch the show you'll get that reference but uh let's move on to kurt zuma uh this is his second goal of the season right yeah um he's our second highest scorer right now behind Jorginho. that's exactly that's exactly what i predicted actually um coming into the season but uh four duels won three aerials won again like didn't have much much of an opportunity to bring his numbers up because they didn't really attack the ball that much two clearances 98 passes 94 percent accuracy um we started to play the ball out of the back a lot this season and you know when i say we don't make a string of three passes in a row i'm not including like the center backs who's passing the ball back and forth and you know to Jorginho and back like and uh you know i think recently we've been seeing a lot of that in the premier league and uh it's it's interesting kind of shift in, in in the sport, but you know I I I'm I'm not 
in favor or opposed to it. Uh, I like to see how it, how it goes. But uh, real quick, let's. I mentioned Frank's quote on Zuma and Tiago. Uh, he said, "Yes, uh, Tiago and Kurt looked very good, very comp very composed. With Tiago, he has great experience, and we saw that. It's still early in terms of fitness, so let's see how that partnership works. But I want to find some sort of stability in the back four. Of course, you do. Um, so." And he's talking. He's talking about the the rotation in the center back and trying to figure out what the best duo is. And we kind of talked about it earlier. But let, let, let's talk about Zuma's performance today, Zach. I, that this has been your guy. I, he is my guy. Every single every single time we every every single time we bring him up or I just watch him, like I think back to like. 2012, like 2011, <laughs> when you're like telling me about him, and I'm just like, oh, ah, this is who like is this guy. Like, I don't know I've loved Zuma since the day he signed for Chelsea. Yeah. Um, well, no, well, he was on a six-month loan. But the first <laughs> time he played for Chelsea. Um, th this performance showed it. I am so glad that we only saw those Zuma rumors for like two weeks. And then they were gone. <sighs> and I think this highlights exactly why. Even with Thiago Silva in the squad, he's still our best center back. Um and, I, and, you know, even looking forward, I can see Zuma partnering with any other top center back and seeing that be our partnership for the foreseeable, you know, if Thiago is at stop gap. But going to the performance as a whole, he's just a beast. I, I feel like I go on one of these rants every year where we just I kind of talk about how freakish his athleticism is and how dominant he is physically. But he got his goal by being freaking dominant and nobody got near him um i know he wasn't asked to do much but the times he was asked to step in and you know make an interception or a block he did that um really solid throughout i mean i'm not going to go off and say he's world class and one of the best center backs in the world um but if he keeps performing the way he does that'll be two really good seasons under his belt and then he'll get himself into the conversation I mean, I, I personally, I think he already is in a conversation for one of the better center halves in the league. So, you know, long may it continue. I, I, I love, I love me some happy. Are you guys familiar with what Lab Gang is? Lab Gang. I saw uh, Reese James comment that on Zuma's <laughs> picture, and him like comment back, Lab Gang. He L A B Gang. La no oh. idea. Chilwell did the same thing. We we have to. Uh, I, I don't. I have to figure out what this means. Uh, if any, yeah, if any of our I listeners, I don't know what it is. Because I, I, cause I <laughs> sign me up for Lab Gang, whatever it is. I want to be a part of it. Um, Andre, Who knows, man? Um, but yeah, but think, quickly on on Zuma, I I don't want to just repeat everything Zach said, but I think uh, one of our players that got sent out on loan needs to look at Zuma's recovery and and think the same because this guy was. Like Zach said, he came on that awful, awful season in 2015 and was the guy next to John Terry. He literally was the guy at 20 years old. Awful injury occurs. We're here now five years later, and now he's back to being that guy. Sometimes your injuries, can you can resolve them quick. Sometimes you don't. But Loftus-Cheek needs to look at Zuma's recovery and take this season on loan to the fullest. Zuma literally had to go through Stoke and Everton to get back to where he is now. And and it's amazing to see. I agree that he is our number one defender. And now 
he is the CB1. Mm-hmm. Who knows who CB2 long-term is going to be, but Zuma retires as CB1 for this club. Yeah. Like, it's gotten to that level of performance. Mm-hmm. God, I love hearing that. Oh, I love you. I love watching. I just love watching Zuma play. It brings you so much joy. Uh, he's so awkward, but he gets it done. Dude. You know like, what? People go play and like, oh, it doesn't look pretty when he passed, but it gets I think, there. The ball gets yeah, there. It's still the numbers, a solid pass. First of all, a, first of all, the numbers weird. don't lie. Anybody could go online and compare his long range pass accuracy to any other center back in the league, and 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 he's in a, you know, in the upper percentile now. Yeah, he's not as erratic as he used to be when he first came to Chelsea. When he first came to Chelsea, it was kind of like his mind was moving faster or his mind and his body were both growing at different rates and it and it just kind of seemed awkward and it was and we would all watch him and think, "Oh my god, by the time this guy is 26, he's going to be a hell of a player." And he goes down with that injury and and he's 26 now and he is that hell of a player. I don't think he's as erratic Very as he ball. used to be anymore. I actually feel pretty assured when he's on the ball. Because I think he's our only center back that has the ability to lose the ball but win it back. <laughs> I don't think we have any other guy that could do that who has the pace and athleticism sure. to kind of make up that ground. So, God, it's it, it's just nice to see him back. It really is. It, I'm highly, highly considering a number 15 kit. Ooh, I, w- I, w- I think that would be cool. Um, and so any last words before we wrap up this uh, Palace recap? Nope. All right. No. Uh, shout out to Kurt Zuma. Shout out to the Chili Train. Shout out to Venezuela. <laughs> shout out to the Lab last game. Yeah, Lab game. That is. I know. It's, that's what happens when I miss an episode. Um, yeah. So let, let's quickly talk about the deadline day or the transfer window. Zero additions. Um, there was some, you know, obviously the, the one was the Declan Rice. Uh, that's obviously not going to happen to at least I, I, even, I can't even call it the January window. When is the next transfer window? Do you, do you, does anyone I think know it January? is set for January, yeah. right? Yeah. Is it just, isn't it supposed to go back to normal? It goes back to normal. Okay, so January transfer window. Uh, so that's still a possibility there. That's interesting. I, I just realized that right now, like just the, the, the aspect of that, like, the, only two months. Yeah, the 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 sec the you know the last transfer window is so early into the season, so it's pretty much like an extended like you know summer window. Um, you know, it's still early Whoa, in the season. Crazy. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> but Whoa. <laughs> uh, so zero additions then. Uh, a couple, a couple departures all on loan. So Bakioko to Napoli. Ross Barkley to Villa. There is a reason why Villa. Uh, is sitting second right now Ross, on the table. Ross Barkley went to Villa signed Ross Barkley just for the Liverpool <laughs> match. Yeah, it, see, like this is why did we not play him against Liverpool? That's crazy. He's already played Andres Liverpool always, two times. Andres always talks about Ross Barkley's performances against Liverpool, and then he goes and pulls off that. Let's go, dude. Yeah, shout out Ross Barkley. <laughs> shout out to. Shout out to Villa, so, honestly. It's the first Our, time I ever shouted out Ross Barkley on this podcast. <laughs> and it won't be the last, my friend. Uh, <laughs> quickly, I just want to say just about Ross Barkley. I'm happy for him. I uh, he He's trying to get a spot on the Euro squad. And the more time he gets, you know, the more eyes he gets, the more that, you know, Southgate 
for even though he is not exactly the best quality manager he will see the quality in ross barkley because i mean anyone can see the quality in ross barkley um but i will miss him uh but i'll def- definitely villa is now my number two team because of this but <laughs> guys i think the bigger news is that the number eight shirt is vacant <laughs> Ooh, wow this is billy billy mean, goat mason mount Mason if Billy Mount. Gilmore gets the number eight, Mason Mount. If, oh, oh my God. I'm, I'm holding sweat. off on I'm my Mason sweat. Mount kit. Okay, this is this will be the next big kit unveiling. Whoever gets the eight number, but uh, <laughs> RLC to Fulham. We have a buddy who's a Fulham fan. Uh, so that's shout a, out to Mung Bean. Shout out to Mung Bean. <laughs> Going full ham. Uh, full ham. But that that that. Zach, I want to ask you about that specifically. Yeah. RLC on loan at Fulham. What kind of what kind of opportunity does that present for him? And like, what do you think his future is going to be with the club? I think it parallels Ross Barkley. I think them two are probably fighting for the same spot on that Euro squad. Mm. So when Ross Barkley went out on loan, it's a no brainer that he's going to get games. I think RLC said, you know what. <laughs> If I it, it, it and realistically good on him for you know making the move, I don't think I think it would have been more detrimental to have him coming off the bench as a bit part player, um because that's for one more season at this age. What is he twenty five now? So it you would think be this was like an arc- his career because that's what he's been his whole career up to this point. He needs to be a first team regular somewhere playing week in and week out, um in order to sort of get his career back in a sense. He's not th- done. He's not finished. Um, I'm just saying his career in terms of his career at Chelsea. Um, yeah. So but Zach, do you think this was? By the way. Yeah. Do you think this was? You thought this was an RLC-driven move, like it wasn't the club. In a way, I do. Um, Frank started him against Brighton. He didn't perform, and we haven't seen him since. So, so I yeah, think it I mean, kind of told a lot about kind of where Frank is at and RLC's at. And Frank's been very open and he and when RLC went out on loan, he even said, We've we've had multiple discussions about this. Ruben wants to get time and, and, and we know he wants to get time and we want him to get time too. So put two and two together. I mean I, I think it's both beneficial. I think what Sam is saying is it team. starts Yeah. I think what Sam is saying is that it started with the club. I think, I think that it, yeah. when the club brought it up to him then Loftus Cheek realized that it was the best move. I, I don't think he wanted to go out alone starting the season. That, but then that's what I was asking. You know, whether it was no, a, no. Well, I think yeah. I think it was Loftus Cheek driven. I think the Euros have everything to do with it. Just, no, just like I, I think Ross at the Barkley end of the day, did. it was. Yeah. No, I think at the end of the day, Loftus Cheek's move was his decision because after Barkley was sent out, statist like talking about squad in general. RLC was the only other option in center mid outside of, you know, the rotation of Conte, Jorginho, uh, Kovacic, and Mount for two spots, maybe three spots. So so you'd think, okay, we have to keep him. But at that point, I don't even know if it's honestly the Euros, Zach. I think he literally just wants to get his minutes and, and get back yeah. right in his head. Yeah. Like, I, I honestly don't even think – I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if the Euros – Unless he suddenly balls out and saves Fulham from relegation, I don't think the Euros might be realistic because you have well, to remember who else have is out there for England right now. That's his only option because Engl- I, England's right, pretty set at center mid. 
that's what I'm saying. I don't think Lost Sheik's gonna make that squad. Like, not because he doesn't perform well. It's just because he's been out of football for so long. Yeah. Like, I think this literally is just like, let me get my career back on track. On, the, on track. Yeah. Yeah. And I and I think Fulham, whether they get re- relegated or not, Loftus Cheek walks into three out of four starting lineups every month. Yeah. Like he, ha- that's how many minutes he's going to be getting. Just like Ross Barkley's Raston Villa, and and yeah, Ross's is more Euro driven. And, and potentially a move away from Chelsea-driven, while I think Loftus-Cheeks is just, I just need to get my life and, and my career back on track, period, Whether wherever the heck that's going to be. Yeah. I'm happy for him. I think that's will definitely do a Me lot too. for his confidence. And it's, it's, I'm going to be keeping my eye on Fulham a lot more this year. Uh, I already was just because of our buddy Mungbean, but uh, they're not looking too hot this season, so hopefully RLC will turn things around for him. Uh, <laughs> next up, Malong Sar to Porto. That that was an interesting move. I mean, I thought I thought he was. I mean, not the fact that he was loaned out, but just the fact that he was sent to Porto. Like, that's an interesting team for him. Like, I thought they, he was, they're they're covering his full wages too. Yeah, I so, was like, what? dang, yeah. I, I wish they. I mean, they have a lot of excess because they were paying a crap ton of money for Telus, and now Telus is gone. I mean, we could literally just sit on Malangsar for a year. If he balls out at Porto, we could flip him for free. So you think Zero it's a money. it's a quick flip, huh? Interesting. It could be. Yeah, could be. Uh, yeah, I we'll see. But he's a left-footed center back. I, I I don't think you necessarily loan out a center back prospect to Portugal to get like genuine center back Premier League ready experience. I think you get loaned out. Porto's in the Champions League. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I didn't think Porto. about Champions League. Yeah. Yeah. He will get he will Yeah, get Porto's League in the minutes. Champions League. He gets to play alongside Pepe, who is, you know, not my personal favorite, but he is a veteran. So <laughs> what are my personal favorites? I, I, think I love Pepe. <laughs> I think like for a fact it's 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 equal to playing in France. Yeah. For a bad French team, at least he's going to get to play in the Champions League for Porto. Yeah, He's a left-footed center back, which we don't have on this team. We still don't have a left-footed center back. We could so buy I back don't Nathan Ake, okay, Andres. Oh, my God. No, it's not <laughs> happening. <laughs> that, that's dumb. Aren't you glad that's finished? I'm glad those rumors are that done. Is... I'm glad, like, the Jeremy Boga rumors are done. Those ones are really annoying, oh too. Oh, my God. And the last, the last uh, deadline day departure, Matt Miazga to Anderlecht. Oh, so now, the biggest uh, news officially. The most, uh, it's, the, it's, there's now there's no debate that Pulisic is the best American on the team. Well, before there's a debate. <laughs> now there's. I don't. I can't wrap my mind around how we've been able to loan out the second best American at the club time and time again. It's ridiculous, <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> I can't believe this guy's still in our way. I know it's kind of crazy, but so, whatever. He's gonna play with Vincent Company. I mentioned this earlier. The players who surprisingly didn't move: Rudiger. Uh, both Spurs and Roma showed interest, but nothing came of it. Tomori. I wanna uh-huh, yeah, hold go, on a sec. Yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. I, I want to chime in on the Rudiger thing. So apparently, Rudiger decided against going to Tottenham on loan. Because he was worried about the fan backlash. That's what I've been reading, and I could totally see that because Rudiger's like, like a real one. Yeah, and, yeah, and he would have received backlash as well. <laughs> yeah, he would have. A hundred percent, he would have. But 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 he's a real one, so he didn't. 
I thought I read that that the loan to Spurs was just not an option. Like the only reason we would have gotten to let him go to Spurs was if he was purchased. Like yeah. it was one of those things where like it was a one way street if he goes to Spurs. And maybe he he wasn't and Spurs down didn't to want be to bought. do a loan with an option to buy. You should ask Fabrizio. <laughs> he, he's uh he's coming on the show next week so we'll ask him then um tamori <laughs> uh tamori so that was a, a name that we had seen from before the season even started uh, as a possible loan candidate but uh i think all of us were kind of against that and west ham made a late push but he opted to stay um that's really exciting to see um Heck yeah. A lot of competition at center back, and it looks like Frank's yeah. starting to narrow it down a little bit. So, yeah. interesting. He's the next guy. He's he's, he's going to be better than – he's going to jump Christensen, give yeah. it a few more appearances. Yeah. Rudiger's at the bottom of the barrel. Like, that's obviously – like, that's obvious now. <laughs> but Tomori's smart, dude. He can beat Christensen to be the first option outside of Thiago and Zuma. And it's so – this is what makes the – the Tottenham lost so much worse because, you know, EFL, I mean, Carabao Cup matches midweek gives opportunities to see Tomori out there. And that's, now that's less matches for us to play with. I mean, that's, that's a good thing and a bad thing because now, you know, we'll have all of our best players, uh, you know, with fresh legs. But that was a good opportunity to see players like, like Tomori guarantee to kind of start in these matches. But um, let's, we'll, we'll see how that develops throughout the season um so marcus alonso and emerson both of them <laughs> we thought at least one of them were guaranteed if not both to uh be loaned out or sold but held on to them uh emerson has had some interest from juve but um surprised that their interest didn't uh grow enough for them to get it but did you guys were you guys surprised by the lack of departures uh like, did did it kind of taint the transfer window for you? I mean, what what what, what do you think, Andreas? It, it's annoying. I I still think this transfer window is great. It's just annoying that if we were so good about you know getting the purchases done, why weren't we simultaneously getting the sales done? And that like, we had Tiago early in this window tiago was tiago silva was not a late addition that came on deadline day so there shouldn't have been a reason to have five center backs six because sar just got loaned literally on deadline day for that long on the roster chilwell was always going to be number one and i know the alonzo emerson one was a little bit more complicated because we were just trying to see who would bid more than the other but it's a little bit annoying that while Marina did so good to get these prices down on the guys we did buy, she couldn't see the locker room side of keeping these guys while only seeing the, the business side of selling them for a cut price. Because at the end of the day, that's what happened. She didn't want to sell players below their market value. She didn't want to do loans with options to buy. They had to have a... Uh, Obligation. obligation to buy so it's a little bit of an, an annoyance that you know now we have three left backs or, and honestly the two latter in alonzo and emerson are third and fourth choice behind aspie in my mind at least and then on the other end you got rudiger who is an international by the way this guy plays for germany 
and he's literally not going to touch the pitch. And while the news say that Rudiger is going to work hard to fight for his place, they're gonna there's gonna be frustration, no matter how you paint it. Sam, you mentioned that there's no Carabao Cup for these guys to even get some minutes here and there. Luckily, it's already October because hopefully before January, these guys have new homes lined up. I know for a fact that uh, the Maldini came out, not Maldini, sorry, Mancini with Italy came out and said, I was hoping Emerson found a new home. Joachim Lowe came out with Germany and said, yeah, you know, the Rudiger situation, I know he wants to stay at Chelsea, but if it doesn't change, hopefully he finds a new place in January. These guys actually still have an international future. I know Alonso has never really been in the Spain setup, so it's a little different, but I find it really hard to believe that these guys are going to keep quiet and have a smile on their face. I don't know if I'm surprised. I think COVID had a big you know, impact on the market. Spain and Italy were basically inactive for the most part, besides, you know, a couple of loans with options to buy years from now. Um, but yeah, I mean, ha- having that many center backs is pretty ridiculous. And in a way, I do I, I do feel for, for Rudy, um, especially because fair play to him. He wanted to get more time. I think the fans were at the point where, you know, He's done his job here. It's it's probably better off if he moves on to. It would have been a clean break, and I think that's what we might have missed out on here. Yeah. And now that we're going to hold on to him a little bit longer, um, there might be some divots down the road that aren't going to be so pleasant with him because we got to keep in mind he is a German international, but he's also an emotional player. You know, he wants to play. He wants to be on the pitch. So, um. Hopefully he doesn't cause any problems, but it, you know it is only two months. That's the thing that's working to our advantage. But we have to have something lined up in January. If the plan is to move Rudy on, we should have a deal lined up first week of January. And not too many questions from this week. Uh, we got one, though, from at Nick Lenartson. Of course, I mean, what would an episode be without him asking a question? Shout out um, to Nick Lenartson. Ron Shout did out. ask some questions, but we also, you know, addressed a yeah, lot of yeah. this. <laughs> shout out to Ron too and shout out to Venezuela. Um Nick Nick <laughs> asks, how would you rate this transfer window from one to ten? Uh Andreas, what would you this is counting the whole summer. Just give, yeah, just give a number. Number nine. Damn it. Yeah, we'll give it a nine. Nine and a half maybe honestly. I I'm a nine because we didn't get a natural DM and these annoying lack of sales. Like that's but the why only do we thing need, that keeps it from being a perfect Why do we need a, a natural DM? Well, Conte just, just popped his about the... at the end of the Palace match. So they <laughs> don't have a plan We just B, talked about the... already hurting us. We... That and, and the fact we just talked about the lack of... A natural DM's job is literally get the ball... Like on, on the ball, get the ball forward, stat. Defensively, he protects the back four. So in a, especially the way we play... Conte's not a lone DM, or at least like in a long term, we have not seen it. We saw it a few times after Project Restart, and we think he could succeed there, but we haven't seen it. For some reason, nobody's ever played Conte as a lone DM. You add another DM for one, squad depth in that position. If Conte drops, who the heck is going to play defensively mm-hmm. consistently well? And then the other reason is a a true DM that's not just a destroyer, like Conte can 
can add to your team a lot. Like I'll use Spurs as an example. They brought in Pierre-Emile Hoisberg from Southampton and their midfield looks a lot better. Mm-hmm. And that guy's like decent at DM. That's He's true. not like a world beater. So you, it's just a, it's just a role that this team doesn't have naturally. So what I mean, formation can, would we be, would we switch formations to play with that kind of role? Like a long well, role? That's what, no, I, I was trying to, you know, you guys, are, Zach and, and one of our, our Red Ultras, Bobby, have argued you can put Mount next to Conte. Mm-hmm. But why haven't we seen that? Like, he, he has a skill set, but we haven't seen that for a reason. And, and my best bet is still that at some point or another, we're going to be forced into the 4-3-3. Unless we find a double pivot, yeah. and we haven't found it yet. A January transfer window is coming soon, so I think that it's still two not, months. It's still yeah. not out of the question. Yeah, unless I, I don't see West Ham keeping this form. They beat Leicester three nil this week, mm-hmm. and they beat somebody last week four nil. I don't see them keeping this miraculous form. So maybe you know we're able to to kind of continue to flirt with them about Declan Rice. Or maybe my prediction will come true, and Billy Gilmore, who is a much, you know, much more of a deep lying playmaker, comes in and we're good to go. But yeah, at this point, I, I know Ron had asked, like, "Oh, had we should have we kept Ampadu to play him there?" Yeah, that would have been smart. But apparently, the club and the players see him strictly as a center back moving forward. Like that was a conversation that was had, and that's why they chose Sheffield, and not to not to like. Be like, oh yeah, someone got injured, but somebody in that back three did get injured, and now Ampadu is going to be a mainstay on that yeah. side. So hindsight, yeah, hindsight twenty twenty, we need a DM, but it looks like both in Wales and Chelsea's mind, he is going to be a center back. So yeah, I think that will. That's my one kind of like, oh, we could have had a ten out of 10 and, and part of it i think comes down to not being able to offload rudiger not being able to offload one left back because then that would have helped us fund maybe steal thomas party off of arsenal's you know mm. nah. tail at the end of this of the transfer but so. hey at, at the end of it, the day <laughs> we're going to be scoring goals for fun hopefully we just score more than more than we can see it, it would have been it would have been oil money uh to the maximum if we if we swooped in and paid for that uh full bio clause <laughs> but uh what do you guys think about reese james possibly getting some matches playing as a defensive also a possibility. I don't know why we haven't seen not to Frank start not to start it. matches, but I could see him like shifting to send, to CDM and Aspi coming on late in the game. He's already done that. I did. I think we did that yeah, in Brighton. Did Didn't it. he have to come in and, and play in the DM role? Mm-hmm. So for a little bit. Right I mean, late. he did it for a full like for three quarters of a season at Wigan. Uh, he puts in a mean set piece, so maybe he can put that into play from the middle of the pitch. You never know, man. You never know. And it keeps and it keeps Dave out there too. Yeah. I write back. Right. So I don't know. I think that'll be something interesting if they ever do that. So let's just quickly wrap up because this is a crazy, crazy week, and this <laughs> this season is wide open to begin with. I mean, first off, United lose six one to Spurs. I mean, <laughs> that was. <laughs> I, I, I'll ne- I've never I've never been uh, one to celebrate a, a Spurs victory, but when it comes uh, at the expense of United, that's something that embarrassing. 
I'll tip my hat. It was just uh, it was just funny seeing Jose get one up and then patting <laughs> yeah. Sauce Jar on the head after. That's that's a little pat for your um, ass. He just smacked you. But uh, I still got love for the special one. That's so funny. He's so uh, disrespectful. Liverpool, I love it. Liverpool. This one was absolutely shocking. Seven two to Villa. Uh, I have no idea where this came from. Came from Adrian, who started it. Hat trick in the first half. Ollie Watkins. No, Adrian is the oh, Adrian Watkins. is the goalie. Ollie they Watkins, played Adrian yeah. at goal. He gave away the first goal. And he passed the ball straight to Grealish. Yeah. Shout out to Aston but, Villa. That was sick. <laughs> and they hey, but Aston Villa, good on them. They have the best uh defense you know, in the league. What what two goals conceded what, all When you look at their starting eleven with adding like an actual striker that you can get goals out of and then bringing Ross Barkley in, that team's that team's pretty nice. I don't think they're gonna fight with relegation this year. I I think they'll be safe, like comfortably, if they can stay and, healthy. Uh, I don't know. And, you know I'll jump in that. <laughs> we saw the beginning of the season, you know, that first uh, Liverpool Leeds matchup. Like Liverpool's defense does look a little shaky this year for some reason, but to allow seven goals uh, is something. It's that's crazy. The season's wide open. I'm telling you. Okay. Like Jamie Jamie Carragher was oh. saying that. Uh, it must be an instruction that the back four is high line and that's not the issue it's like they're waiting they're they're looking to play the offside and they're just not yeah. good at it and like they're not good at it and they're getting caught with these long balls over the top over and over and over again uh city also drew uh against leeds which is great um everton currently sitting on top of the league i mean that was my dark horse at the beginning of the season i didn't think that they would look this good but uh ancelotti's been doing a great job uh everyone knew he was a great manager his last stint was uh not reflective of the kind of manager he is this is awesome um crazy i mean are they gonna make a decent like are they gonna actually push for top four you think this season i don't know if they have the depth in terms of attack, um, their midfield yeah, is crazy. It, it, their right midfield, their midfield's nuts. They're they, scoring. They're averaging almost three goals a game. Yeah. What is Hamas on? Like That's two wild. goals and five assists or something yeah. already? Ridiculous like that. Love it. I don't know. I I think Everton Everton's going to be difficult to deal with this year. But we see it every season. Can they keep it up for you know thirty eight matches? Because Leicester started off really hot last year mm-hmm. and kind of fizzled off but i think everton's just kind of starting off on a completely other level they're hitting the ground running like leicester 15 16 not like leicester 19 20 but so um. going into going into this international break villa right now is in second with a game in hand uh leicester in third arsenal in fourth uh liverpool in fifth tottenham right above us in six the three goal differential but that's just due to this past weekend uh move all leads leads in eighth is a great story um then city at 14th with a game in hand united at 16th with a game in hand uh this is that's that is unbelievable um yeah and sheffield i know you we already mentioned it earlier uh in the relegation zone after a fight you know for european football last year uh 
this is this is going to be one of the craziest seasons I feel like. I mean, I know we're we're only four matches in, but I don't know. From what I've seen from every team, it's like could it could be I could see eight different teams ending up winning the title this year. Yeah. That's fun, man. All right, question though. Does do these results make us feel better about the 3-3 draw with West Brom? Yeah, yes, for sure. Much better. We didn't lose 7-2. We're two points <laughs> out of top four. Yeah. We're two two points behind second place. We're two points out of top four, and we haven't been playing well. Yeah. So Until the last 45 minutes of football <laughs> that we played. We're, so... two po- we're two points behind Arsenal that have been playing the best football that they've played in, like, five years. <laughs> Fuck them for firing Gunner Soros. So they could fund their transfer activity. Yeah, because they've been funding Mesut Ozil's bank account for the last couple of years. But hey, he he, he said he's gonna cover the salary. Uh, and, yeah, Soros, you want to cut is... costs, and you still have Ozil on your on your wage bill. Like, in, a, in, a much funnier, in a much funnier turn of events, all Ozil says, "Fuck you, Arsenal. You're not gonna play me. I'll bring Gunnar Zoros back. Yeah, I'll pay for him. Good, good on him. I mean, to be honest, he he's the reason why they can't afford him. So yeah, I guess probably. he might feel responsible for it. Yeah. You know, but to to cry over thirty k a year or or eighty k a year, whatever it was for for the Gunnersaurus, and then going and turning around and that same day announcing a contract for Thomas Party for two hundred sixty k a week. Gutless. It's it's mean, yeah. man. That that man apparently was there for like twenty seven years, like. When it no becomes way. a Sky Sports story, <laughs> when it becomes a Sky Sports story, and I, I forget the the guy's name, but I believe he's former Arsenal, and the man is, like, emotional about the fact that Arsenal has done this. It just goes to show, like, how shameless club for the people. this club is. A club for the Zero people. class and zero loyalty. We will well, we will never avoid any chance of bash on Arsenal, so this is this was the perfect story. Hey, Chelsea has two mascots, dude. We've got uh, Bridget and, and Stanford the Lion. And Stanford the Lion. We got two. Yeah. They can't even keep one. Losers. Sad. But, I mean, guys, I'd love to stay and talk forever, but I do want to get some FIFA in. Um, so that <laughs> does bring us to the end of this week's episode. Um, but don't worry, guys. We are going to be dropping something sometime next week. Uh, with a quick match preview. Oh, wait, 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 wait. We are we're bringing it back. Uh, we want to give a shout-out to Luke Adam yeah. because we're about to have a massive drop here today, um, and he is honestly the creative mind that made this happen to, to keep it vague. Uh, Luke worked really hard with our requests and opinions, which are probably <laughs> misguided and we probably talked like it was an easy change and for him it was hard work but guys we're really excited to to unveil this and, and big shout out to luke huge, adam for, for working with us out. throughout it yeah he's fucking awesome that is the best and i think i think he had a lot of fun with it though even though we were did. even though we were sticklers hey but uh <laughs> i wanted yeah. to just see what it looked like with like the red well, don't give it, white. don't give it, don't 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 give it away, don't give it away. But shout out to Luke, <laughs> big shout out to Luke. Yeah, I, I I we were kind of a pain in the ass in the process, so I appreciate the fact that he I'm was really like excited being super cool about like you and, know critiquing the changes and that's and, and this that's not our only possible big change coming up soon. Also, we have a, so. they don't even know what it is. 
I know. We so we I have, might get fired. We have two. Pos- <laughs> we have two big changes coming. So. So I'm just. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm not saying what it is. There's two. I know. I just want you to stop talking. <laughs> uh, well, you shouldn't have brought me onto your podcast, bro. Psalm <laughs> Esquire. Shout out to Psalm. Um, shout out to Luke. But yeah, like I was saying before, um, that does bring us to the end of this week's show. Make sure you guys are keeping an eye, keeping an eye on our Twitter profile, though, uh, because like Andres said, a couple nice drops come in. Um, so until next week, keep the blue flag flying high. <laughs>